Welcome to the Hughes of Leadership podcast, where we dive deep into the many prominent aspects of leadership. How does leadership show up in each of us? How do we seek to have positive influence on the lives of others? And just like Hughes vary, so does how we show up as leaders and how we may flex different Hughes depending on the moment, the task at hand, or the individual or team we're engaging. What Hughes are you using today? And which will you seek to further develop? I'm your host, DJ Menifee, Chief Enrollment Officer at Susquehanna University, and also the Chief Impact Officer for Menifee Duarte Consulting Group. And I look forward to diving into the hues of leadership with our guests. As you know, for this season, we'll focus on people of influence, specifically those that have had a major impact on my leadership lens and philosophy. So as I introduce today's guest, know that I, I see this individual as a sibling, as a sister, uh, as someone that we've shared space with and leadership capacities and, and leading boards and leading organizations. And I've learned so much for just sharing space with this individual. Uh, this individual has shown me so much. And so I'm just excited about our conversation today. Uh, today's guest is Angelica Melendez. Uh, she uses she, her pronouns. Uh, and she's a college-bound advisor at Luther Burbank High School in San Antonio, Texas. And currently, this is the exciting part for me, uh, showing up as chair-elect for the National Association for College Admissions Counseling. So excited about her leadership capacity there. Welcome to the show, Angelica. Thank you, DJ. Thank you for that. You know I'm already emotional. <laughs> That's all good. We can get emotional in this space. And I'm I'm just excited about what our guests will potentially hear from you today, learn from you today, and, and ponder on as they transition into their day after the podcast. So one of the reasons um, I wanted to have this conversation with you is, is what I've gained from you as a leader. And, and, and one of those pieces is just your ability to listen. Um, I'm mindful that that falls under the umbrella of communication, but in the times that we've shared space together, you spent a lot of time mastering listening and just hearing everything, hearing people, hearing their perspectives and shaping your thoughts. Um, and, and whether that's listening or in that broader context of observation, I've seen you just really lean into that. And, and so when you do speak, it is always so valuable. It is always so timely. So, so I hope that you understand why I value that in you so much. Uh, and I hope that that's a quality and leadership that you continue to let shine. Well, I thank you for that. Um, I've always just been a very good observer. Um, I think it has to do with truly being an older sister and having to care for my younger siblings, knowing where, when they see when they're upset, something didn't go right at school or something with my parents or something like that. So I think that's just been ingrained in me for a very long time. You know, I have a sister who's 16 months younger and a brother who's 12 years younger. So I was like his, truly his mama for a little while. So just taking care of that, learning, seeing how they're reacting. So observing and listening to them, I think listening is not just the words, it's body language, it's tone, it's, you know, delivery. I think there's just a lot to that. So thank you for saying that. And I have learned a lot from you as well to process my thoughts and to formulate, you know, questions and dialogue in a way that I hadn't before I entered my life. So thank you so much for that. Not a problem. It's been a, a pleasure. And a side note, note that I'm still waiting on that guacamole you promised. Um, I will. I will. I may be going up to Pennsylvania soon, so we'll see. Fantastic. Fantastic. So I want to be able to dive in um, into these hues, into these aspects of leadership. And and uh, you and I had a chance to kind of connect prior to to prep for our conversation. Um, and you shared some thoughts and some areas that you would like to cover today. So 
we will dive into those. And as we dive into those, I'm, I'm going to ask you to lean in and, and unpack kind of your, your perspective on what you mean by them, but also to kind of share lens into your day-to-day and how those things show up. Sound yeah, good? Yeah, sounds good. All right. So the first um, Hugh, if you would, uh, that you shared that you wanted to, to have some dialogue about and to share with the audience was servant leadership. So so if you would, just, just walk us through what does servant leadership mean to Angelica uh, and, and how do you model that or how do you seek to see that in others in your day-to-day work? Again, I, I just think I believe in people. I take them in their space. They are their true authentic self. I never question their motives. So servant leadership is believing in the people. So if they have an idea, let's run with it. Let's see what are some barriers we may see. I think that kind of goes to another one that we talked about. We'll talk about later, but truly believing in the people and their strengths and highlighting their strengths and how that shows up in my work. Because I work in the high school, but I did do some admissions background before I went into the high school side. It's truly letting the kiddos know, and I call them kiddos or my babies, um, that they do have an opportunity. And yes, their friend may be thinking of a four-year option, but they may be thinking of a career and technical option. That's still an option. You still need training. So let's go through that process and walk them through not only the certificate program, but maybe the associate degree. Maybe that translates to a bachelor's degree. Oh, and by the way, you can get a master of of nursing as well. So our school is real big in nursing. So they start off nursing and I walk them through the whole master's level and they didn't realize the job growth. So believing in them, so they believing in them, so then they can believe in themselves. Now, when that comes to like association leadership or something like that, um, I, I, mentoring is a big part of, I think, servant leadership. So I've always been up until my national leadership, very involved in Texas ACAC and the mentorship program, just because of the time commitment, you know, just periodically checking in. I know it's a stressful time, you know, how are you doing? You know, let me know how I can help. Uh, advocating for different associations, sharing along best practices. So I think just showing up for them and being there so they not only know that someone believes in them, but that they can believe in me and trust in me as well. So I think that was one that I knew off the bat that that's who I was. I know that for sure is who I am as a, as a person, as a leader. I show up for the people. I'm there for the people. I will fight for my people. I will protect my people. So that's what I do. I can attest to all of those, all of those pieces. And and I think it is a a true representation of who you are and how you show up. I have a follow-up question. So I'm mindful of how you show up and that that is very much a hue for you. Um, Is that something that you also seek out in those that are are in positions to lead you, um, whether it's in an organization, whether it's within the school system, um, is that also a quality that you you resonate with and those that are responsible or have a position to, to, to lead you in a direction? That's a good question. I'm sitting here thinking back about my work history and when I transition from different places or when I look for new opportunities. And uh, a former supervisor who I just admire greatly, uh, Dr. Frank Ashley, um, he, he always took care of his people. So... You know, he always said, it's our job to train you to take our positions. A question I always ask when I'm being interviewed, because I'm also interviewing them to see if I want to be there, is what is the staff morale? Who are your go-to people? And if they left, what would be the impact? 
Mm-hmm. So to see, because if they if they can name, you know, people quickly, then I know they know their staff. If they're like, oh, well, I don't know, then I don't know if that's the right place for me to be. Because there's not going to be an investment in me just checking in periodically or something like that to make sure that we're meeting our goals. So I think that's how it shows up for me. Um, I think I do look for that servant leadership. And when I've left PACES, it's because leadership changed and it was a very different dynamic that didn't appear to be leaning in that direction. It was a different type of leadership style that I knew would not work for me and my peace of mind, sanity, and the goals that I had for me and my students in that time. I appreciate you reflecting on that, not only in terms of your experience, um, what you look for in uh, different examples or different scenarios. So during the interview process, or looking for uh, signals as people may or may not transition and and the why of the transition. And so I definitely appreciate you kind of leading into that. Uh, One of the other cues that we we talked about was kind of this sense of being transformational. And so again, I I would love for you to dive into that for our audience and and tell us what what does that look like and feel like for you to, to be transformational, to exude transformational leadership qualities, and then what does it look like on the day-to-day for you? So when I was going back and reflecting, when you reached out, I was like, this was probably one that I landed on last because I think I've been transformed by it and I look for that in different areas. So I don't think I was initially a transformational leader. Like I said, I think I was a, a servant leader, but as I was reflecting, I definitely want to motivate my coworkers to implement best practices that makes it easier on the student. So we're, I'm on the best practices committee for our department um, to kind of implement some strategies to make sure that the process for our students is as seamless as possible. We know it's not seamless, but as, as not as stressful, especially since most of our students are first gen. Um, so the process is scary to begin with. So acronyms being thrown out left and right doesn't help them. So implementing things like that to look not only at this industry as a profession, but also look at resources that can help them. Also make sure that any ideas they have to implement the process is, let's just give it a try. The worst thing that could happen is it fails. Okay, so we learn from it. Failure, I know it's a, it's a cheesy thing, but it's the first attempt in learning. Looking at my leadership at the national level, being on the high school side and not having that public high school perspective all the time at the table, that's where I see I can transform my local affiliate or the national level to make sure those voices are heard because everyone comes with their story to the table. It may have been several years removed, but I was a community college transfer student. So sometimes in our conversations, I was like, okay, but how will this impact the transfer community? Or how will this impact Latina or Latinx students? How will this impact public high school counselors? So those lenses, I think me being at the table has helped me de- develop my transformational leadership because those voices need to be heard. And I've learned to step into my worth and value, which is a hard thing to do. And I think with your encouragement and others know that I have a voice and it's important. So I do speak when I need to, not just to be heard, but to make sure that other perspectives are taken into account. So I think I've been more transformed by the transformation transformational leadership that I try and do that as much as possible. Yeah, I'm as I'm listening to you kind of share that perspective, the, the threads that that come out to me is is 
in relationship to leadership, the willingness to, to give people space and to give them opportunity for their voices to be reflected, for their voices to be heard. Um, and I also hear this thread, which I really appreciate you bringing out through the lens of what it means to be a transformational leader, leader or to provide a transformational space is this notion of it's okay to take risk. It's okay to try things. Um, everything isn't going to be to perfection, uh, but you can also learn from things that don't quite work out. And I also feel as though that the audience may resonate with that, that notion that whether it's through committee work, whether it's with your students in a school setting, whether it's with those that you lead in a, in a higher ed or non-higher ed uh, environment, it's that notion that when people get to try things, they're more willing to want to continue to try things, learn from um, the experiences. I don't want to say learn from the mistakes, but learn from the experiences, but they are that much more interested and that much more engaged to the process because they've been given an opportunity to try things. So I, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. One thing too is someone told me it's not a mistake, it's an area for redirection. I'm, I'm borrowing that. <laughs> not a mistake. It's <laughs> an area for redirection. So I think, like I said, I think I have been transformed by transformational leaders who probably saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. I've always been pushed into or encouraged to or pulled to leadership roles because I didn't see that for myself. And I know you're going to give me the eye roll because I can already feel it. But uh, <laughs> I've not ever seen that. I just I do the work. And I think I said that, you know, several times I'm a behind the scene person. I do the work, you know, to the best of my ability to help our profession, our students, our colleagues and maybe behind the scenes. That's where the transformational leadership comes from, because I'm not a in the audience spotlight person, but we all need those spotlight people in our lives. I'm just the behind the scenes cheering them on. Yeah, well, and, and it's interesting. Yes, to the audience, you can't visually see me. I did roll my eyes because we've had this conversation multiple times. But I think the other pieces is that when you think about the hues of leadership, because of the variation, you can be a leader and not always have to be out front, right? Mm -hmm. um, leadership and action can be things that aren't always uh, on the surface or above the surface, because there's so much work that happens in spaces that people can't see. Uh, and one of my favorite sayings is always that notion that one, you never know who's watching. And two, the, the, the true self comes out when nobody is. And so I really appreciate you not only sharing to the, to the audience kind of where you see yourself and acknowledge your type of leadership orientation and that you don't necessarily need to be out front, but you can be, uh, and you're pretty good at it, but also in the sense of just recognizing that there's that variation of strengths that show up within leadership and they don't all kind of come out the same. And so the last one I want to make sure we touch base on is this notion of coaching, right? And so I'm I'm very curious to unpack that in terms of what does coaching mean to you? And also it would be helpful if you can reflect on not necessarily how you have coached others. I'm curious on instances where you've received amazing coaching from leaders. As far as receiving coaching, there have been several people, you included, who have helped me through this leadership journey that I've been on. Um, again, like I've mentioned, people saw it in me before I saw it in myself. I can truly remember when my leadership journey began. It was with the binder. It was a blue binder. I co-coordinated a program for an event for Texas ACAC. And the following year, the lead coordinator was gone. And they wanted to do the program. But being the nerd that I am, because it had great articles, I kept the binder. 
We're like, oh, we're going to do this program again. I was like, great, here's the binder. And I tried to hand it off. No one took the binder. That led to me leading this one event that led me to my leadership journey within Texas AC from like PD coordinator, drive-in workshop, conference coordinator, eventually landing in presidential cycle that led to board leadership. So I think sometimes coaching is being willing to say no, because you know, if you tell the person no, they're going to step up because that's who they are. So sometimes a no is not a bad thing. It's a good thing because it pushes the person forward like it has done for me. So I will say this, uh, Marie Alford, she was at Texas Tech University. Last time I contacted her, she was at Cal State Long Beach. Um, but Dr. Frank Ashley, who's at A&M right now, Jeff Pilchek, who was a counselor at Westlake High School here in Texas, he was, he's a great mentor. You have pushed me. Our brother, Cornell, has pushed me. Our other brother, Todd, has pushed me. Our sister, Fiona, all those people, I can't forget Jane, all these people have pushed me because they saw it in me first because they know I'm not going to be the first one to raise my hand. I'll probably be the last one, but I will jump in. And when I do jump in, it's 100% give it all my go because I'm not afraid to question. I'm not afraid to not have the answer. I'm not afraid to ask. I don't know what's going on. Can we clarify this to go through that? So I've received a lot of coaching, you know, behind the scenes, encouraging me. I think coaching is not only encouragement, it's a positivity, it's warmth, it's graciousness. I think coaching has a lot of different layers. It's not just direction. Like when you think of a basketball player, a football player, something like that, it's not that type of coaching. It's a lot of different layers. And there's probably a whole nother podcast you could do on the different layers of the coaching style of leadership. So I think that's how it shows up for me. As I'm hearing and listening, it's it's the things that kind of come out of the thread under the umbrella of, of coaching. As you talked about network, but in terms of family. Um, and I think that is powerful in terms of leadership isn't necessarily something that's done on an island, not only in terms of the journey in developing as a leader, uh, but also in terms of having a strong support network around you, um, not only to lift you up, but also to hold you accountable uh, when needed. And, and also to a point that you made is, is the instances where they see something in you that you may not necessarily see in yourself. And I'm grateful that there have been those folks in your life, because if they hadn't been, we wouldn't have had the chance to, to meet in the way we did where we were running for uh, board service and to have the years that we've shared, not only thus far, but also in the, the, the sibling relationship we will have moving forward into the future. And so I just appreciate and I, that. Yeah. And I would be remiss if I did. My biggest cheerleader, my biggest supporter is definitely my sister and my family and my brother. Um, they definitely keep me in check when I need to. They definitely push me forward and are there to hug and support when needed. And in the last thread that I'll, I'll pull out of that is kind of thinking through the variation between what it means to lead when it is your responsibility, it's what you get paid to do when those that you are leading are getting paid to do the thing, but how different it shows up and how different it may feel when it's in the volunteer and service-oriented space, mm. right? When you think about the work that you've done in Texas, when you think about the work you're doing now nationally, um, in that leadership capacity, folks are raising their hand to volunteer their time because they are passionate about this work. They are passionate about the students that we serve um, and truly believe in the value of education and also in the notion that it's a public good, right? 
And so to know that even in that, like, these are instances where we're not being paid to do these things. Like this is something that is coming out of our hearts and we want to be driven towards it, but there may be a different orientation to the leadership because it's not something that people have to do. It's because they want to do that. Well, I think you would find this interesting or probably not. Um, I've never had an official leadership title in my professional life. I've been a, an admissions counselor, a regional admissions counselor, college readiness coordinator, college and financial aid specialist, and not college finance advisor. I've never had like a director of counseling or director of college readiness, but my team, my peers, my colleagues come to me. Basically, you don't have to have the title to have the leadership skill, the leadership. And through this conversation over the past couple of days we've been having, I've seen that. So thank you for that. Because I didn't, you know, I didn't, I know, again, you told me you were going to stop the recording if I said it, but I didn't see myself as a leader. So now you can't stop it because we're almost done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this goes back to the sibling relationship we have. Uh, but I do see that now. Like, you know, I don't have to have the title to influence decisions, to maybe not make the decision for our district or for our campus, but I can definitely influence it because I'm a trusted employee colleague who with the knowledge. So I think that's another way that it manifests my leadership in there because it's it's that servant leadership. Like that is truly who I am. Like that when we first had the conversation, that was the first one that I said. And I was like, I don't know about the other two. So we had that good conversation and reflection that I've learned from you to reflect, pause, think about it and step away to process it. I've been become a better processor thanks to you. I've learned quite a great deal from you. Um, and again, as much as, as as you've shared that I've been a part of your leadership journey, you have been a part of mine and others. And, and the last piece I'll pull through before I get to kind of our, our descent is, I was talking to a colleague earlier today that we share um, we probably would put him in the sibling category, but given he will be a guest on our show at some point, uh, I'll hold that for now. Uh, but we got to talking about followership. And, and so it resonates with me when you talk about knowing that oh. hey, I've become a leader. I've stepped into this leadership space and people come to me or people follow me. And I don't have to have this title. I don't have to have this specific responsibility. They can feel and see and, and engage the leadership uh, qualities and things that I bring to the table. And that is why, in, in theory, when you think about followership, that is why they follow. And so I appreciate you just you just connecting on that. So as we transition to the descent, one of the questions I like to ask is, is, can you reflect on an instance more recently where you've kind of been exposed to uh, a new element, a new hue of leadership, so to speak? Uh, and if so, what is it? Or is there an element of leadership that you are aware of that you would deem uh, an area of opportunity for you that you still struggle with, but still also recognize that it is a work in progress? I think an area where I can focus or grow is being more of a visionary leader. I'm so ingrained in the day-to-day -day that sometimes I forget to look at the big picture or sometimes I focus on the big picture and don't look at the day-to-day. -day. So it goes back and forth. I think that's where the one I struggle with the most is I've recognized it. So I think that's the start of the journey, realizing that that's where I need to start. So I think that's where being more visionary, I think what helped with that is moving from a board director to now this chair elect role. I think that has kind of started the process of me thinking, I was like, okay, now I need to think larger, more visionary and in partnership with our CEO and the senior staff. So I think 
that's the journey I'm on now, where before it was the skills to get to board director. Now it's at that next step. It's, it's interesting sitting here as not only as a colleague and a friend, but also someone that would that sees himself very much as a sibling of yours to hear you reflect on your, your leadership journey. Uh, I am just in awe of you and your leadership, but also just proud of, of the growth that I've been able to see and witness. And also to our audience, the National Organization uh, for College Admissions Counseling, I think our members know who they have as a leader in you. I know Texas ACAC knows who they have had and continue to have as a leader in you. So it's been an honor and a blessing to, to have my sister Angelica here uh, sharing her perspectives on leadership, specifically to uh, servant leadership, to transformational leadership, and to the aspect of, of coaching. And then also to shed light on where she is in her journey on uh, enhancing her abilities and vision casting. And so uh, we're so grateful for you. I think this is going to be an excellent, excellent episode for our audience. And also reflect also to our guests, whether you're transitioning to work, you're transitioning from work home, uh, whether you are heading into the lunch break, whether you're transitioning in between meetings and you've got a long journey across the parking lot, across the campus, uh, whatever it may be. Maybe you have specific time in your day or in your week that is specifically for professional development time and you want to use that time to listen to this conversation, wherever you may be uh, and wherever you find yourself. The hope is, is that this is an opportunity to not only reflect on what hues of leadership that you often use, but the ones that you would intend to further develop over time. And so thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Hughes and Leadership uh, with your host, DJ Minifee, and our special guest, Angelica Melendez, and we'll connect with you soon. Thank you. Thank you.